1: Hello, my kakou. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went? Where we start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the jealous rage of Orlando Ganel Sr. Now I want to let you folks know, if you want to continue li- listening to today's podcast, it is uh, going to be uncomfortable to hear this, this horrific crime that happened about 1991. Uh, and we welcome you to stay, and we hope you do. Uh, but this is, these are the stories that sometimes we must tell and share because it's part of who we are in Hawaii. Hawaii's most notorious previous mass murder was the Xerox shooting. August twenty 1991, we're talking about Orlando Gunal Sr., the evening that he shot his wife's parents in a jealous rage and then torched the Kailua home where his wife's lover lived. Four people died that day, including two children. Welcome back to the program, Robbie Dingman. Uh, Robbie, welcome back to PBS Hawaii, and uh, we thank you for your time. Thank you know, you. Rob, Robbie, you spent a lot of years in your journalism life um, covering crime, covering police, courts as well. This case with Orlando Ganahl Senior happened in 1991, long time ago. Um, it's haunting, though.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, I think of that, and I, I was covering police at the time I did respond I live in Kailua I lived in Kailua then as well I drove there I drove to the scene of the fire I did not um I also had we drove to the uh, I met the cameraman and we drove to Waipahu for the first scene uh, but yeah well I'm sure we'll go through the chronology but it was so so shocking that everything. As the more we found out about the story, it sounded ripped from the headlines. It didn't sound like something that happens here on Oahu. It was it was very shocking.
1: Take us back, because there's chronologically a lot happened before that night when Orlando Gurnall Senior, in the words in the court used, I remember it said went amok. He went, he just lost it and he lost uh, and in the main, in the process he killed four people. Uh, his wife Mabel. Uh, Ganahl was having an alleged affair, or was it an affair, confirmed affair, with a, a man named Michael Touchette. Ganahl Sr. was having some issues, I think, with his health as well, and and the, besides the marital problems, um, what happened that day that made him spin out of control, or does it happen even earlier?
0: It sounded like it started earlier in that year, near the beginning of the year when uh, Orlando Ganal Sr. had been injured at work, and so he was out of work, and he became despondent. Apparently, at the same time, early in 1991, his uh, wife, Mabel, began dating a co-worker at her job, and that was David Tuchet. David Michael, was, Michael the was the brother who sorry, died. Yes,
1: thank you for correcting
0: me. But David, um, they started dating, and uh, at some point, I don't know the exact chronology, but she moved out of the house they shared, and she moved in with her parents in Waipahu. So that happened. And then, as we know, this happened in August. So he beca- he had job problems, then he had marital problems, and his wife had moved out. And we don't know what set him off that particular day, but it's, um, it's something in him snapped. And he, this jealous rage, this run amok, started when he went to their home of his in-laws to um, the Dela Cruzes, mm-hmm. and he went to their home, and that's where Mabel and his son, their son Orlando Ganahl Jr., were living at the time. And he tracked them down, and he shot and killed both of her parents. He wounded Mabel and their son, mm-hmm. and then he left. He stormed out, and then he went to the home in Kailua michael touchett his wife wendy and their two tiny children kayla and joshua were living there at the time david the brother had lived there but had moved out several months before i believe it was months i know it was at least weeks it, didn't, it was not a matter of days and from what we understood orlando ganal senior didn't know that he mm-hmm. thought that he was here there at the time and he torched the house he lit the house on fire uh, poured accelerant all over and the um, the couple they had their two little ones sleeping with them, and Wendy uh, was able to escape, very very badly burned, um, because they had they've been trying to save their two little ones, and so they they died right away. Uh, Michael hung on for a bit, very badly burned in the in the burn unit at Straub, and then uh, Wendy. Um, was the only survivor from their family and then after that uh, ganal also went to his place of employment and lit a fire there as well at young laundry mm-hmm. but no one was injured in that and then he ran we oh, kept running and police arrested him when he was going into the ocean and i by the time i was covering so we were running around to the various scenes and by the time we arrived at the police cell block where he was being booked, he was wet from being in the ocean and he was only wearing his underwear.
1: Yeah, he claimed someone stole his clothes. Yes. Uh, he claimed that he was, he didn't even know why he was in, in Macau Beach at the time. Um, yeah, different scenes. And I, I do remember all of you, uh, I was doing sports back then, but I do remember all of you just scattering to different scenes because it was just, Horrific crimes at each one. Thanks for correcting me about David. Mabel, Orlando Gunow Sr.'s uh, wife. She survived to tell the story, but we haven't heard from her in a a very long time. David, have we heard from him at all?
0: Wendy, I know she was looking at writing a book, and she'd been interviewed on a couple of the anniversaries the next 10 years afterward, but Mm -hmm. I, I haven't been able to find... Uh, to track her down since then and you're right that was horrible because when we first heard it that night i first rolled on it um uh, because we heard of it was there was a fatal fire in kailua right and then while we were at the the scene there we heard because the it was still sparking up we heard that there was another scene in waipahu and that's when we drove there because by the time we arrived clearly the injured had been taken away and it was just a smoldering house and the fire investigators were also trying to track it down. So then we went to Waipahu and then while we were in Waipahu, we found out from the detectives that these were
1: connected. Yeah.
0: They were related and it was the same suspect. And then we heard something about a fire and it was just yes. it I think our executive producer at the time, Mike Gady, he created the graphic for it that said mm-hmm. triangle of terror. Yep. Because it was so appalling.
1: Mm-hmm. It was unfolding right in her own backyard, and um you know I do remember the 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 uh, case itself as they went to court and hearing uh Wendy testify uh she had lost two of her children lost her husband to this man that they you know they they were aware of him from what I understand because David had shared that uh Ganahl had been you know found out about the affair, so there was anger there but who'd who who you know they were awakened by this screaming of Michael saying he's here he's here and then all ha- terror broke
0: it's it's just appalling and, and and in from their view because I remember interviewing Wendy because she was so badly burned but I remember interviewing her and in their view they were they were sorry to hear that he was that David was dating someone who was who had been married who was estranged from her husband but they thought it was a coworker. They understood she'd moved out. So although they thought there was a lot of drama involved, they thought, well, everyone's adults here, you've moved out, you know, you're, it doesn't look like you're getting back together. And though they were sorry to have their, their relative involved in something that was so high stress, you know, I guess he had assured them David had assured them that, oh, you know, she's really mellow, and I'm sure it's going to work out, and, you know, it's she's a nice person, and, you know, I think we can all work this out kind of feeling. And so to have it turn uglier and uglier to the point where he showed up and murdered their family, it was—I just—it was—, I, I just, it was and David had moved out mm-hmm. to remove the stress from their young family. Gee, he wasn't even there that night. He wasn't there. He hadn't been there for weeks.
1: And Ganel had no idea but he he still went there to to execute people. Because fire know. fire investigators said they found accelerants. Yeah. Not only in one spot but two spots in the house. So th- th- this is an effort. This is arson which became murder. Um, yeah,
0: cuz they could not escape. I mean, Wendy was um Wendy was burned trying to go back and save the they were kids and she was so badly burned it, it was very difficult I mean David as you might recall um, Michael just clung to life for days but he was so badly burned and then at some point they told him that the kids were gone and has to I mean, and that's that a blow that every parent dreads the most of anything in your life
1: and he short he died shortly after so all of this came to a uh, not an end, but he was convicted and went to jail. I mean, went to prison. And as far as we know, he's still alive. Yes, he's
0: and he, and he's never told the story. I mean, I believe um, at the trial, he didn't take the stand, which is common. Mm-hmm. People often don't take the stand in their own defense, and and, and especially in crimes that, so emotional. And, but it's interesting that he never. You know, we never heard. What he does remember now Mm -hmm. is, you know, trauma often can block memories. But as time wears on, you wonder, you know, what he did remember. And you wonder how how things have gone on from there for... The survivors. Yeah. Yeah. Because his, you know, his family too.
1: I mean, and not to mention the neighbors who witnessed the fire and the neighbors who heard the screams coming from... Uh, mabel's parents house that uh, oh, no, i can it was, only imagine it was terrible
0: yeah. I, know. I know one of my classmates actually owned the house the the fire where the fire was he he was leasing it or renting it to them because oh, he was gosh. a living away but yeah it was just it seemed unthinkable and it seemed like we've mm-hmm. talked about it. it seems like something that we would read about or seen a movie but not see in our hometown
1: you know what this this really highlights uh the real issue that's in front of us to this day and that's domestic violence and um whether it's a love triangle or just or or not just but another example of uh, you know uh, spouses being involved in altercations domestic violence is very real and i think during covid and i know i spoke to nancy creedman about this from the domestic violence and they've seen a, an enormous spike in cases of domestic violence there's help out there is yes
0: there that's so good to emphasize because the see something, say something, one of the hardest things during in COVID because so many of us were so isolated that uh, people weren't going to school, people weren't going to work. So you weren't seeing the black eyes, you weren't seeing bruises. And so people were, you weren't around teachers, you weren't around coworkers who might say something and might make the report or encourage people to get help. Because a lot of these places, as we know, we've covered them when people have gotten help, but sadly, we've also covered things that went very badly wrong especially during those times when mm-hmm. someone's trying to leave. Mm-hmm. Trying to leave can be a, a, a trigger point, as we've seen.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes it results in murder-suicide. In this case, it resulted in, in the murder of four, four people, including two young infants. Uh,
0: I know, and I that one, I know we had really stuck with all, all of us, and I think one of the reasons it was so sad, because the people who were most damaged were the people who almost seemed to have the least to do with anything. You know, I mean, it was sad that anyone, it was sad that Mabel was hurt. It was sad that their son was hurt. But these people were on the periphery. It was like her her in-laws had just taken in their daughter. And, mm. you know, Michael and Wendy and their kids, you know, they were just being supportive family members, and he wasn't even there. And it was just so.
1: Yeah, it breaks my heart. It really does. Again, I want to stress those listening who stayed with us. Uh, again, this is not a this is one of those cases that people are going to say, Well, why are you talking about it? There's an opportunity here to remind folks that domestic violence is very real. And um, sometimes those who are hurting the most are, are very silent uh, out of fear, out of concern about their family. But I want to stress there is help. And I urge you, if you know of anyone who's in this situation where they're. They're enduring this kind of pain—physical, mental, or you know, spiritual pain—to to, to make that call.
0: For sure, and you know, we look at it now. I think uh, hopefully in a, a more enlightened time. And you look at all the things that had happened to—not to—not to excuse it at all—but all the things that had happened to Orlando Ganal Senior: mm-hmm. um, an injury, a job loss, marital strife. I mean, those were all clear things that he was—he needed help. If somebody had been able to intervene on his behalf, if he'd been able to get counseling, if he'd been able to talk with someone, mm-hmm. maybe it could have helped him to de-escalate a situation. Because he was one of these people that we write these stories about, where up until then, there had not been up until that year mm-hmm. in those those months of 1991, he'd been just a regular old normal guy, like we're gonna like our neighbors or our coworkers. You yeah, know,
1: he was he was someone's neighbor and someone's coworker until yeah. that night when he just lost it and again yeah yeah,
0: if people should reach out and try to reach out and just find someone even if the first person is just someone you trust in your own circle somebody you know you can talk to and then maybe they can help you find that but the first step is talking to people because certainly during the pandemic that's what we we found so much of it is all of us have been so isolated and had the opportunity to talk with a lot of mental health experts and we're all different and some of it's better Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is just different
1: well, i tell you what, Nancy Kreebman said it too. Uh, even coming out of COVID, those numbers will continue to escalate because now you're going back into your normal routines, you're back at work in some cases, and the the predator or the abuser is adjusting again, and sometimes that escalates things even more. Again, please reach out to somebody for help. Uh, say something if you see it, and make that call because it doesn't have to end that way. Robbie, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your lens on this. Again, you were there that night as a reporter, and you were bouncing around from scene to scene, and I'm sure that's left you scarred as well.
0: That, that was, yeah, that was, it was hard for, on all of us, but I, I, I'm so glad we have the time to say yes. Please reach out to people because yeah. there is help.
1: And our prayers to the survivors. Oh, so very much. much so. All right, mahalo nui for joining us, folks, and we thank you very much. Join us next week for another episode of What School You Went? Until next time, I will.